0: Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month, we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarise it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome back to the June 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club, coming to you from St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci, and I'm with Dr. Tim Wang. We are talking about treatment of apert Hand Syndrome, Strategies for Achieving a Five-Digit Hand. Um, this was published in 2018, October 2018, PRS, and this is by the group in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So, uh, Tim, why don't you start off by explaining what
1: is the Aperd Hand? The APERT Hand in these children is um, an upper limb, an anomaly, that is associated with the craniofacial abnormality in these apis children. And it's classified as per Upton's classification into three different types, from a spade hand where they would have an intact or a partial first and fourth web space, but a central digital mass, to a mitten hand where all they have available is a first web space, while the index, middle, ring, and little fingers are are fused in in itself, especially at the tip and they may also have a fusion of the fourth and fifth, the metacarpals. And the last up to the three, it describes a rosebud hand, where they actually have the entire hand itself is fused at the tip from the thumb to the little finger. And it also forms a concave shape in a very complex form of syndactyly. So what were these surgeons
0: aiming to do? And what was unique or particularly uh, interesting about their approach?
1: These surgeons aim to try and give these patients a head start within for the development in achieving a five-digit hand as early as possible. Within the literature, most groups try and achieve this within the first two or first three years of the patient's lives, and these surgeons wanted to commence hand surgery as early as four months, as the senior author, he hypothesized that this will lead to a less growth impairment in these children's hands and will also give them a better outcome and the, and faster a development as they learn to use a five digit hand from much earlier on. So take me through
0: their algorithm. What was their operative uh, schedule?
1: Sure. So Damon, for the type one hand, they tried to achieve. First of all, they would divide a second and fourth web space, and they would they would release it with a large full thickness skin graft from the abdomen, but they would use a dorsal flap. Uh, but everything else would be a straight line a release of the syndactyly and within the second operation itself, they would release the third web space plus or minus releasing the fourth to fifth the metacarpal in the form of a central uh, an osteotomy and they would come back when the child is greater than six years of age between age of six and eight to do a thumb, thumb lengthening a procedure with an iliac crest bone graft and osteotomies and for the type two hand in cells where you just had the thumb in the first web space that, was, that was, re- was relatively free, they would address the second and fourth web space first with a full thickness skin graft, and then they would come back to fully release the first web as well as the third web space in the second, the operation, and they would also uh, perform the initial previously described thumb lengthening when the child was older than six years of age. And then Upton three hand, the most severe type of cell, where you just have a central mass forming a hand, they would convert this hand into an Upton type 1, where they would first of all release the first and fourth web spaces. And then within the second operation, they would release either the second or the third web space. And in this case itself, they would reanalyze these patients. If If the width of the phalanx allowed them to do so, they would divide the phalanx into two and perform a third operation and in physically giving these, these children a five digit hand and the third operator will either release the other size, either the second or the third web space, which they did not do within this the second the operation. And they will also perform thumb lengthening as previously described when the child was old enough.
0: There are a couple of particular things they mentioned, particularly at the beginning, in terms of dressings, in terms of uh, uh, they're in uh, São Paulo, Brazil, which is obviously a very warm climate. Many of these patients have hyperhidrosis. They, uh, they had a particular approach to the dressings. Uh, do, you want, do you want to elucidate
1: that? I found that quite interesting because they mentioned that um, in, across the world, some units would only perform this surgery during the winter months, which is much cooler, less sweating, less warm, and therefore they will have lower rates of graft loss and hence potentially less healing under secondary intention and therefore potentially less rates of web creep. But they said in Brazil, it's warm and humid around the entire year. So what they always did, they actually did was they sent these children home within day one, but they actually brought them back for daily dressing changes for the first month from the from after one week post-op to one month post-op. They would stay somewhere close to the hospital and have dressing changes daily, yes. which I found quite impressive.
0: Yeah, without sedation, they, only, uh, they mentioned, um, I think one of the major dressing changes or uh, uh, performed uh, at sedation at a few weeks down the track, but all these simple dressing changes are just being done um, uh, with the patients in the on a, on an outpatient clinic uh, basis. So, uh, what did you think about this paper?
1: I was quite impressed. I think, you know, for a single surgeon case series worldwide, this would have to be one of the largest cases which I have physically come across and it was, uh, the outcomes was very impressive. They were able to achieve a five-digit hand in 100% of the Upton Type 1 and Type 2 patients, and they were able to achieve a five-digit hand in 72% of the Type 3 patients without any major complications. They only made mention and reference to one child who was very active and had a donor-side breakdown. But apart from that itself, all the children seemed to do very well. I quite liked the systematic the approach which they physically employed, there were lots of excellent diagrams. I think it gave me a nice framework in my mind and I think that's a lot of things I could physically take home and integrate into my own practice.
0: Okay, is there anything else you'd like to add to, about this paper?
1: I think the lastly, the only part I would like to query for the authors is that although they, they, proposed that they would like to start at four months. But looking at the data, that didn't quite fit because the mean time of them starting was anywhere between 26 to 37 months. So it seems like, you know, looking at the range, four months was the was the lowest number that they quoted. So it seems like they were not able to achieve uh, actually starting at four months by themselves. So I would like to know why they would tend to propose this figure. As we all know, these patient tended to have, probably have more higher, uh, A priority, such as addressing the raised intracranial pressure much earlier on than addressing the hands first, but it's interesting how why I'd like to know why they would like to aim for such an early time for the hand surgery for these kids.
0: Perhaps the neuroplasticity of the growing brain is something they want to take advantage of. Um, But yeah, but it would be interesting to know. Um, But as we discussed, I mean certainly. Uh, In our craniofacial unit, uh, we like to operate on these children, um, you know, at about six months of age in order to perform a posterior vault expansion. Um, And then once we finish that, we hope not to operate on them again for many years. And so the hand surgeons can uh, perform their syndacty releases uh, from about nine months of age without having having to worry about us um, uh, uh, needing to perform any any, uh, further vault expansion surgery. Tim, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, then. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening.
0: For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.
1: Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.